You're very welcome along. It's the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning in the middle of May. Porrick Orkin, good morning. <laughs> good to morning, you. Deirdre. How good are morning. Things? I'm good. I'm good. That rain, we won't be waiting until tonight for it. It's on the way. You see, I was all optimistic when I came in this morning because on You're Thursday, optimist- I know, optimistic. yeah, silly old me, when will I learn? <laughs> uh, on Thursday evening, I heard, oh, Friday and Saturday are going to be massive days. Now, yesterday was lovely. And then I, as today's one of the first days where I don't have a big agenda on, and I thought, you know, you'd be delighted to hear. I thought I might get like out into, into the, the garden, garden this yeah, afternoon yeah. Well, and probably, it, get a few do- things done because it's it's way overdue. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a bit I'm a bit like a, I'm a fair weather gardener in the same way that I'm a fair weather sports person. Well, the, the I'm afraid the sun dark has clouds to be, are gathering yeah, on the okay. west coast, so I think we'll have rain by lunchtime. It's, it's looking that way, anyway, but it? hopefully, hopefully, right. it might it might stay off to the even time. But it's been a good week. It has, and actually, I did notice yesterday evening as I looked out, the growth has yes. really kicked off Very altogether strong. now. Very um, I was looking at the famous laurels. I know they'll go down in history, um, but it, they really have sprout. You can really see all this lovely kind of lighter green new growth yeah. now that's come on. Quite a bit of it. Well, you did feed them, didn't you? I fed them. I yeah. did, and so the bit of feeding, the bit of rain, yeah. and obviously the bit and of the heat, temperatures. Yeah, the temperatures yeah, are ideal. Has at the kicked in, yeah, and, and they are doing great. And soil conditions mm. are are higher than average at the moment, so growth is very very strong, very significant at the moment. So it's a really good time for planting in the garden. You know, so that that the moisture uh, temp, uh, levels at the moment are quite good. So people putting in vegetable plants or just planting in general, mm. the the soil conditions are ideal. Now this weekend, yes. We should mention that th- today is Saturday and, and Sunday. We have uh, an advice weekend. So if people want to come down and meet Peter and myself and Maraith, we're going to be in the Turlock Centre from 12 o'clock through till 5 today and the same tomorrow. Uh, so if people have any kind of gardening questions they want covered, or if they have any problems in the garden, they want to bring a piece in and let's have a look at, we have a free advice clinic today and tomorrow. Brilliant. And in the afternoon at 1 o'clock today, we're doing a special hanging basket demonstration and also at three o'clock. So if you're knocking around Castle Bar again, pop in and we'll be showing people how to plant up some hanging baskets and we have some really good examples of baskets we planted up five or six weeks ago that have come on very well yeah. and are beginning to flower and will give you an indication of the sort of coverage that you're going to get in the next couple of weeks but also some of the plants. It's nice to see them in flower and uh, so we have three or four baskets that we did up earlier um, on display uh, that were planted up back in March I think mm. and they're really looking really good now. So this is the time of year when people should be thinking about hanging baskets and um, later on in the programme I actually recorded a little piece during the week with uh, Viv Brennan. Yes, you were he, out and about. He popped into the garden centre so I, I talked him through some of the plants that uh, you would typically, typically use in hanging baskets and we looked at some of the baskets as well. So we look at that later on. But if people are in Castlebar mm. today and they want some ad- advice or they have any problem with the garden, spots on their shrubs or any sort of, you know, weed problems or whatever, bring that in to the garden centre after 12 and the same tomorrow from 12 to 5. And I'll be there, Peter and Maria will be there to give some advice. Um, now you've also brought in, you've brought in... Uh, it's either a fuchsia or a freesia, I never know which fuchsia. is which. It's fuchsia, fuchsia. Yeah, I'm yeah. running one of these fuchsias because they're... <laughs> they're, this, one, they're one of the ones that droops anyway. Yeah, yeah and this is this is the time of year for planting fuchsias and going back to hanging baskets, fuchsias are great for planting in containers in general but do really good in baskets or this is an upright variety so this would be suitable for the centre of a basket to give a bit mm. of height or in a small pot just to give a bit of colour. But the nice thing about fuchsias is they flower on new growth so as the plant continues to make new growth it continues to flower. Oh, right. So fuchsia will often stay, these are in flower at the moment some of the early varieties but that plant will stay in flower until winter 
Fantastic. And do we get the frosts in winter? Because as you can see in the buds on the top, yes. as you get new growth from fuchsia, you get new flowers. So right. it's continually producing flowers right through the growing season. So as long as the plant is growing and producing new growth, then you get lots of flowers on it. So it's, it's a good time to start feeding fuchsia plants in general or any plants like fuchsia that flower and new growth. Right. This is the time to be feeding them. And what kind of feed do they need? If they're in a potter container, mm. use a liquid feed, something like Liquid One or Miracle Grow. One of the high potash feeds is suitable. So a tomato feed would even be quite good on, on this plant. Um, and again, feed them about every 10 days. You continue to feed them, you're going to continue to get lots of bloom. Yeah. The other plant that I saw in the garden centre last night is a plant called, it's a big long name. Go on, give it to us. It's a plant called Tropolinium. And the variety is a plant called Ken Aslet. Now, okay. you might remember, we talked about the everlasting sweet pea a couple yes. of weeks back. yeah. And um, that went down a storm. People love that plant. And, and it is a really good plant to put in the garden. This is actually the perennial nasturtium. Oh, so you know the typical, picture? There's a picture there. There you go. Oh, See yeah. the flowers. So they're the ones, they're, they're, the, they're the edible flowers, aren't they? Are they? No? Well, the, you can eat the flowers of, of all nasturtiums. Yeah. Um, but this particular variety, tropolinium, the flowers are, are smaller than the traditional uh, nasturtium flower. Tr- they're a trumpet-shaped flower, mm. and again, the plant—they're about uh, what? They're about eighteen inches, about a foot and a half in height at the moment. It is a climbing plant, so it's suitable, say, to add through other climbers or up through shrubs. I have it actually grown at home through a copper beech hedge, and it's beautiful every year. Trouble-free. And, oh, that's good. Trouble-free. Yeah. You love this plant. Uh, yeah, Absolutely yeah. trouble-free. Once it's planted, um, it grows about six, maybe seven feet per year. Oh, right, and so very vigorous. Very vigorous, very fast-growing, like like the typical nasturtium plant. But the beauty about it is that it, pl- it flowers every year, grow, regrows every year. You don't have to do... Once it's planted, you really don't have to do anything with it. But it's the type of plant I would use um, as a companion to other plants. So if you have variegated ivy, say, on a wall, mm-hmm. or you have pyracanth on a wall, or you have a shrub that you just want to add a bit of colour to, in my case, I planted it through copper beech hedging, and it gives oh, lovely, lovely flowers through the copper. People often wonder, how, how come your copper beech is flowering? Because the flowers are just peeping through the actual hedge. So it's an ideal plant like that. It needs something to, to grow on. It needs some trellis work or, or another plant to physically grow on. And um, it's the sort of plant that only comes available once or twice a year. And it's a plant I would recommend everybody to put in the garden because it is so trouble-free. So it's called Tropolinium Kenazlet is a variety. Mm-hmm. It's a particularly big flowering variety. The flower itself is orange and kind of yellow. Yes. And very interesting leaf shape as well. Nice, yeah, yeah. It's like a nasturtium leaf, but it's smaller. It's kind of a rubbery type of leaf that's on it. Um, but it's a really easy plant to grow. So it's the perennial nasturtium. Ask for that if you're looking for it mm-hmm. in, in your local garden centre. Um, and it will flower every year. And it also multiplies. It grows like a herbaceous plant. You plant it as a small plant. It'll double in size next year. It'll treble in size the year after. So it actually forms quite a good clump. Right. And quite a vigorous plant. And one to plant at this time of year. If you plant it now, it will come into flower normally about the middle of June and flower again right through to the hard frost in November. So it's still in bloom when we're getting, you know, in October, early November, the plant is still flowering. It's really the frost that knock it back. back, Because a bit like the fuchsia, as it continues to grow, it continues to flower. And it's also a plant that actually does well on poor soil. Like most nasturtiums actually do better. They flower better if they're a little bit on the hungry side. So it's a sort of plant that you don't feed and it does very well in beside another plant right. as a companion because the bit of competition helps it to flower better as well. Okay, so feed so your fuchsia but not your tropolinium? Tropolinium. Tropolinium. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, yeah. tropolinium, yeah. 
Perennial nasturtium is the common perennial, name for it. So think of that one. Nasturtium. It's easier and it's it's a great time to plant them. And it is a super plant. It, it's uh, one I'd highly recommend and very easy to grow. Lovely stuff. Okay, so um, we have lots of questions coming in, but we're going to hang on to those for a little bit, I think. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a break and then we're going to go and Viv, as you said, was out and about during the week. So he, hanging baskets today we're going to look yeah, at. Yeah, he popped into the garden mm. centre and I walked him through the kind of sort of plants that are uh, should be put into into hanging baskets and planting patio containers and window boxes at this time of year. We talked about the type of compost to use, type of fertiliser. I gave him some hints and tips on how to get really good colour from his own baskets this year. So uh, we'll come back to that. After these. Well, today I've joined Porik live in the garden centre. It's a beautiful day today, Porik. We're going to be talking about a few things on the programme today, but first of all, you want to talk about plants for hanging baskets. Off you go. Well, it's that time of year, Viv, isn't it? The weather is up. It's ideal weather for planting hanging baskets. And I'm going to show you some of the really great plants that I use in my own baskets. Starting with this one, this beautiful pink verbena. It's a beautiful variety. You can just see the flowers are just beginning to come into bloom now. That in a basket will start flowering in mid-May, as it is today, and flower right through till early November. A really nice plant for a basket, right for the edge of the basket, right in at the, just under the lip of the pot uh, is the place to put that verbena. Another really nice one is this purple verbena, one called tapion. It's a real rich, deep purple. Again, it's coming into flower at the moment and that will flower right through to November as well. Another really great variety of if are the trailing petunias. You can see the first flowers just starting on them. That's a beautiful purple variety just coming into into flower now, one called purple vein. And that again will flower from mid-May right through until mid-November. And again, that'll cascade right out of the box. And my favourite plant really is white pacopa. Really nice plant with any trading plant. The lovely dainty white flowers. You can see it just starting to flower here. Again, it's a training plant. It'll cascade right out of the edge of the basket and give tremendous flower right up to mid-November. And really for a centre plant, Piece, something tall in the centre of the basket. Go for trailing fuchsias, trailing geraniums, or osteospernum if it's a sunny location. They do really well as well. So this is the time of year to put plants into your hanging baskets, um, and it's a great time to get those baskets planted up. Is there a rule of thumb for how many plants should be going into a basket? And the other thing I want to talk to you about very briefly is feeding. Feeding is very important. And once you plant, you really want to be feeding your baskets every week. High potash feed, the one I use is liquid one. Apply it um, every week from now right through till September. And that'll keep the baskets growing and flowering right through until mid-November. Watering is critical as well. In dry weather like we're getting at the moment, baskets should be watered at least once a week at this time of year. And as we go into the midsummer period, once a day, it needs regular watering. The number of plants depends on the size of the basket, but you need a minimum of about eight to nine plants in a basket. A mixture of the plants that I talked about, or you could select one, for example, trailing petunias on their own, and just put four or five plants into the one basket and let them fill up the basket completely. You've come up with some great ideas in the past about putting uh, the likes of tomatoes into baskets and the likes of herbs into baskets. Are you still along those lines? Absolutely. Tomato plants, plants like tumbler, are brilliant in baskets. Something novel. You can even add one or two of them in to a traditional hanging basket if you want. You can have a fruiting tomato plant or a fruiting strawberry plant mixed in with the traditional basket plants as well. Just as a novelty or something as a quick reward as you're passing passing that basket or watering that basket in the middle of the summer. So trailing tomatoes, trailing strawberries will do really well in hanging basket containers as long as you feed them well and as long as you wash them on a regular basis. 
Uh, I'd just like to just recap on some of the plans we talked about. But first of all, Porik, if somebody is planting a basket for the first time, do you have any key steps that they need to take? The key thing, Viv, is getting the container right. So make sure you go for a minimum of a 14 or 16-inch basket. That's important. Simply because you'll fit more plants in, it'll give you a better show of colour. But more importantly, it's easier to maintain, it's easier to water, and you get colour longer into the winter period. So a 14 to 16-inch basket, use a really good quality compost. The one I like is one called Tub and Basket. It's got a very good fertiliser, a good grade of compost, but in particular, it's got swell gel added, which helps to retain the moisture during the summer period and keeps the compost nice and moist for the plants and retains water for the plants during the summer period. That's critically important. The other thing I like to do is to add some slow-release fertiliser. So get yourself a small container of Grosure slow-release fertiliser, add it to the compost before you start planting. And that will help to feed the plants for up to a six-month period. And that's important as well. The plants, again, just to recap, fuchsias, geraniums are very good, or osteospernums, for the centre of the container to give a little bit of height and long-lasting colour. And then right around the edges, use plants like trailing petunias, diacea, trailing lobelias, nepeta, verbenas are really, really good. The pinks and the purples that I mentioned. Um, and mixed trailing lobelia look, works very well around the rim of the pot. So get yourself a good selection of plants. Or if you wish, just go for one colour. You can take trailing petunia, the beautiful purple petunia, and add maybe white bacopa with that together. Or purple petunias and the beautiful yellow bidens works really well together as a contrast. So you can keep it very simple. Put three or four petunia plants in, three or four Bidens in, and that gives you tremendous colour from mid-May right through to late November. And I suppose the moral of the story is if you haven't done it before, try it. Well, this is the time of year, and growing plants in containers is one of the easiest ways to get colour right around the house on your patios, hanging up on the walls, maybe to dress up a garage or a shed and just to brighten it up. And the secret really is to pack it with plants, but water and feed on a regular basis, and you'll get colour right through till early winter, right into mid-November. Okay, where are we going to go to next? I think the next thing we should look at is some climbing plants, really good climbing plants to plant at this time of year. Okay, let's go there. So here we are, Porik. We're over here at a very extensive uh, area which contains so many climbing plants. The first question I'd have as an ignorant man, as you know, I'm very, very ignorant. Why climbing plants? <laughs> Why not? Climbing plants are so easy to grow. They're great for covering walls. So say you've got an, a shed that you don't want to paint anymore or it's got some cracks or something you want to hide, then climbing plants are an obvious choice and an easy choice to cover that area, particularly the evergreen varieties. And here you can see this variety here, Viv, it's one called uh, Hedra Gold Child. It's very bright, variegated ivy. And ivy is great because it retains the foliage all year round. This is um, really bright colour, so it's got green, white and yellow in the foliage. It self-clings, which is important. It'll stick onto the wall itself and it'll scramble right up. And that'll cover an eight or nine or ten foot wall within a couple of years very comfortably. Once it does that, it completely masks the wall. You won't see the concrete again. It'll hide up any of those cracks or crevices on the wall. And you've just got yourself a foliage of colour all year round. Is there a rule of thumb on how many plants you need to put and what distance they will be apart? And if they don't climb themselves, is there a way of doing that? 
Well, the, the, first of all, the, the key thing is, is the planting of the plants. And, and as I always say, the plants will only do as good as the foundation you put them into. So preparation is really important, soil preparation. For each of those plants, you want to be putting in a mixture of good quality compost, some slow-release fertiliser and some topsoil. About half a barrel for each plant is what's required. And you space the plants roughly about two feet apart. The other key thing, Viv, and this is something that people tend to miss out on, is that they leave them on the canes. And what happens there is that the plants become start to shoot straight up on the wall and become gappy at the base. So it's critically important to take them off the canes, spread them laterally on the walls, tack them in with a few electrician clips, and off they'll go. Once they get a feel of the wall, the ivy will actually spread onto the wall itself and scramble up. And there's so many great varieties. That gold child is particularly nice. But this is another favourite of mine, one called uh, Paddy's Pride, or Gold Heart. Um, really bright yellow centre, large leaves, very big leaves. And again, it retains that foliage all year round. Something very vigorous, very, very fast growing is the evergreen Virginia creeper. And this is a plant called Cissus striata, extremely fast growing. This plant will grow six to eight feet alone this year and cover quite a large wall. So if you want to hide a particularly large wall, an old barn, maybe an old tree stump in the garden, you want to cover it all year round, then look for that plant, Cissus striata. Plant it now and I guarantee you, you'll get six or seven feet of growth in the one year. This one here with the berries on it, what is that one? That's a plant called Pyracantha. Um, again, a common name for it is, is a plant called the Firethorn. Very, very easy to grow. Again, it's evergreen. It retains the foliage in winter. White flowers in the spring, but lovely orange berries that come on in September. And believe it, there are still berries on this plant as we come into early May. So it tends to retain the foliage for quite a long period. Um, so that's Firethorn or Pyracantha, retains the foliage, flowers in the spring, lovely bunches of berries then through the winter period. And again, gives tremendous colour on a wall or trellising or anywhere that you want to cover, but retain the foliage all year round. Pyracantha is really Another one I love the look of here. Is that just about to flower, is it? This is a plant called Wisteria. Wisteria produces long racemes of flower, Viv, roughly about a foot in length, maybe 15 inches in length. Again, a very vigorous climber, very, very fast growing. So suitable for garden arches, pergolas, large trellis areas, somewhere where you want a lot of cover. Wisteria is particularly good. It comes into flower in May, beautiful plant and so easy to grow and yet so vigorous as well. A great plant for covering up areas. You can see the, the lovely lilac or purple flowers it comes in pink it also comes in white and a great time to put wisteria into the garden it's a really fast growing climber here are the pink varieties of it here and again the blue varieties so wisteria again a really good time to put them into the garden tell me about this one here it's what is it called the blue potato vine this is a plant actually named after believe it or not the botanic gardens in in dublin when i did my own training Nearly 30 years ago, believe it or not. It was longer, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Solanum glasnevin. Um, it is, it's the potato vine, it's often called, because it's in the potato family. But it's got beautiful blue flowers, flowers for nearly six months of the year. It's hard to believe it's coming into flower now, and that plant will stay in flower right up to September, early October. Um, very, very easy grow, to grow a climbing plant or wall plant, but beautiful bunches of flowers for such a long period. So that's Sol- Solanum glasnevin. I'll never forget that name, glasnevin. And just on a matter of, I mean, this is a good time to plant them now, is it? 
It's a really great time to plant climbing plants. The soil conditions are really good. There's enough moisture in the soil, but you're getting them at the time of year where they're just coming into growth. So it's a really good time to put plants into the garden because you're going to benefit from all that growth we're going to do this year. You'll benefit from that on your house wall or on your trellis work. And uh, Solanum or Clematis, the beautiful Clematis varieties, it's a really great time to plant them. These are the early flowering Clematis, you're going to see them in lots of gardens at the moment. The, the lovely, vivid pink flowers, small star-shaped flowers. It's a variety called Montana Rubens, and it flowers en masse. Huge, huge amount of flowers on that plant. Great splash of colour. And then to plant with it, I would always plant a later flowering variety, like Hagley Hybrid, or a lovely variety called um, this one here, or a lovely variety called Rebecca. Beautiful, vivid flowers. Isn't that gorgeous, Viv? Mm, Look at gorgeous, the flower on that. Yes, that lovely, vivid purple flower. Rebecca comes into flower uh, at this time of year in mid-May, but continues to flower then right through the summer. And a really, really easy variety to grow. You can see on this plant. Look at the amount of flower buds that have yet to come on it. So this plant is maybe two and a half, three feet tall. How many plants buds are on that? There's certainly on this one, there's six or seven flowers. Some just begin to open, others that will flower later. But as it continues to grow, it produces new flowers. So look for that one. That's Clematis Rebecca. And it's a really nice variety, say, to grow up through a shrub or through trellis or through ivy or other climbers you want to add a bit of colour to. Moving down this end of the house, you've got more clematis here, haven't you? Well, I, I featured this one on last week's programme, uh, clematis Guernsey cream. It's a lovely white flowering variety and it's a particularly good variety for planting in shaded areas because the white flowers tend to brighten up a dark area. Or if you had, say, green ivy growing on the house and you wanted to brighten it up and give it a, an extra splash of colour, then that clematis Guernsey cream is a really good variety to put in at this time of year. It's coming into flowers, as you can see, but again, it will flower for a very long period right throughout the summer period. Another nice variety is one called the President. Really deep purple, vivid uh, dark purple flower very easy to grow. Again you can see the first blooms are just starting on it and again the President will flower through the summer period. So really all in all Viv it's the time of year to put in climbing plants soil conditions are ideal remember to put in a good quality compost and slow release fertiliser when you're planting that's important and uh, you'll get the benefit of all this year's growth. And I suppose the rule of thumb, as we said earlier on, is the two feet apart. Space all the plants two feet apart and remember to take them off the trellis work, off the, the canes, and spread them laterally on the wall so you get plenty of foliage from ground level right up to the top. Now, Pork, wow. So really out and about there uh, with Viv, hanging baskets and creepers. And, and climbing plants. Yeah. And this is, the, this is the really good time to start planting both. Um, so if, so again, we have a demonstration today at one o'clock and three o'clock in Turlock and Castlebar with the hanging baskets. So we'll show people how, how to plant them up. And I'll show uh, people a lot of the plants that we mentioned there because they're actually coming into flower. And also climbing, climbing plants. Yeah, it's a good time to plant them. And really you're making the benefit of this year's growth by getting them in at this time of year. So the, actually the plant I didn't mention in that clip was the the tropolinium the the perennial nasturtium that's another really good climber to plant to plant now okay now we've got questions coming okay, in from shoot, all, all yep. sides this morning we'll, we'll focus on those for a few minutes and then we might uh, take a quick break I want to address an email first of all from Loretta um, Loretta has sent us in a note to say that she has a south facing bank to cover with plants and she's looking for a creeping plant to stay low but cover the ground now she's got enough space to plant 
in groups um, yeah. and wondering what type of plants would be suitable, to, uh, something to flower if available. Oh yeah, well yeah. there's lots of, of ground covering plants that will flower right through <coughs> the summer period and right into autumn. The first thing I would do is if there's any weed or grass or perennial weeds in particular on the bank, get rid of those. So either hoe them out or put on something like the Weed Free 360 just to get rid of any any growth that's there. That's important to start with. Um, Ground covering plants is a lovely plant called Solanum jasminoides. It's it's a, normally grown as a climbing plant, but it'll also creep very well across the ground. And it comes in a white form, just coming into flower at the mm-hmm. moment, and it also comes in a lovely blue form. And those plants, the solanums will spread oh, three feet, four feet in diameter, plant them in clusters of threes or fives, and it'll really cover quite a large area. They're quite nice, and they flower right through until the end of the summer. Even though they're just coming into flower now, you'll get colour right up to September from solanum. So look for those. Jasminoides, as the name suggests, it's like a jasmine, the, the flowers. They're yeah. white, <coughs> very spectacular, and there's a blue form as well. Another good plant are the rock roses, the cystus or the helianthemums. They give great colour from, again, about the first week of June right through till September, October. Again, they love spreading across the ground. Put them in clusters of threes or fives and again, you get great cover from from them. A lot of the alpine plants, the ground covering phlox would be a a really good plant to plant this time of year or ground covering dianthus. So really, look, there's lots of plants that you can put in to to give ground cover. Go to your local garden centre, ask them to look for a selection of, of ground hugging plants. Um, for me, the Solanum jasminoides would be really good. Um, the fl- ground cover flocks, the helianthemums, the rock roses or the cystus are, are spectacular. Flower carpet rose would be an option as well if you wanted something in the kind of rose family. Oh, yeah, and again, put them in, in clusters. They come in a whole range of different colours and can be planted at this time of year. And if planted now, will flower this year. So really the tips for, for putting plants onto slopes and banks is to get rid of any wheat growth that's there at the moment. Put in your plants in clusters of threes or five of the same variety and make sure that you get seasonality, that you plant plants that are in flower at the moment, but others that will flower later in the summer as well and right into autumn. And and that's really it. Um, and it's a great time to actually get plants in. The bit of rain that's going to come will help to settle them in very well right. and you're getting the best benef- benefit of the growth. So get them in. Okay, the Loretta, so days. good luck with that and hopefully uh, <clears> you get lots of nice cover before too long. Now, we talked about sweet potatoes on the programme last week and it's yeah. peaked some interest pork. Um, a listener says that they listened last week and they've planted uh, some sweet potatoes in a large pot. Okay, uh, planted good. about six weeks ago, the pot is placed in their garden tunnel and the shoots are now about two feet high. Great. Do they need to stake the stems or just let them droop over the pot? And how many more weeks to harvest? Well, well, sweet potato produces those lovely sweet potatoes in, in September, late August, September. Um, it is a climbing plant so you're going to find the stems are going to be kind of twining and spreading. So an easy way just to, to tidy them up is to put a couple of bamboo canes in a wigwam shape mm-hmm. into the pot, tie in the stems to that, and they'll, as they're climbing, they'll wrap around the stems and create a, a wigwam of foliage. The, the, the time you'll know that they're ready to harvest is when the foliage starts to go yellow. And that won't happen until about mid-August, maybe late August, mm. uh, early September, that time of year. Continue to f- water them well and feed them well with a high potash feed. So again, something like the liquid one once a week from now on in the tunnel. And make sure you keep them well, plenty of moisture, because as the tubers start to form, like traditional potatoes, they need plenty of moisture. So they'll, they'll be a nice novelty crop. 
Okay, and they're obviously well on their way by the they're sounds of things. They're doing very well and yeah. the tunnel is a great environment for them. Generally sweet potatoes need that kind of 20 degrees plus type of, so Sorry. greenhouses, tunnels, that sort of bright, warm area is ideal for them. Great. Now from sweet potatoes to the regular variety the or regular, regular kind, yeah. yeah. So Michael and Kanaf is wondering, um, can you give <clears> a little help here? It's sowing spuds a month ago. Okay. He sees no stalks yet and he's wondering if there's something wrong. Well, what I would do is just test them, just to go out with the garden fork and lift one of the tubers and just see, you know, is there any, any growth coming? I mean, a month, there, there should be at the stage where they're beginning to peep through the soil. A lot will depend as well on the depth that, that the uh, listener planted them at. So look, go out with the garden fork, lift them, lift one or two of the tubers, see are they still healthy. There should be at least four to six inches of growth on them after a month's growth. And um, you'll know if all is well. If not, then, you know, if the, if the potatoes are rotting, then obviously you've got a, a problem with the seed that was planted. But I would just go out today, get the garden, and fork, dig up one or two of them, just have a quick look. You can replant them again quite safely mm. and you'll know how how active they're growing and right. it's probably just that they're, they're, they haven't just broken the soil, soil just yet. yet. Now, a listener is living in a beautiful location, we're envious, close to the sea okay. and would love to have more shelter in their garden, wondering what hedge would you be able to recommend that would be good against the salty sea air and the wind? Well, it's one of the aspects of, of mm. living close to the seaside and gardening and close to the seaside. You've got the wind to, to put up with and you've got the salt air, which is very caustic on a lot of plants and shelter is, is the primary uh, thing that you need to focus on when put when in a, in a seaside garden. Mm-hmm. The more shelter you pr- can provide, the more plants you can grow because you've got a lovely, mild, frost-free, generally frost-free location. So the the range of plants that can be grown in a seaside garden once shelter is provided is is huge compared to inland gardens. Yeah. So the best the best seaside hedge um, that tolerates frost and tolerates seaside conditions and so- salty air is Iliagnus sebengii. It's a silver-leafed hedge. It's evergreen, retains the foliage all year round. It'll grow to six or maybe eight feet if you let it um, and retains its foliage and gives a really good barrier and tolerates the salt and tolerates the wind. It's probably the best of all the seaside hedges. Um, the other you can, thing you can do internally in the garden is provide kind of small shelter from things like formiums, the New Zealand flax, um, that, that tolerate the salt air, but could be used, say, strategically in the garden to protect another plant. Mm-hmm. So you could plant them on the windward side, say, of a shrub bed to provide that initial protection. But really, if you if the listener is putting in a solid wall of hedge of, of foliage, the best plant is Iliagnus abengii, and this is the time of year to plant them. Okay. Now, a listener needs to cover uh, off a boundary wall. Uh, they were considering building a wall, but okay. is there a large plant available to plant for instant cover? Now, they need something about five or six feet. They want instant screening. Yeah. Well, you can. You can get all, all the traditional hedges in larger plants. They're available to plant now. It's just and that they're that bit more expensive, though, or, or they're depending b- on how big the size is. Exactly. Yeah. But you can get a he- you can get by purchase an mm. instant hedge up to six feet. Mm. So if you want, rather than building a, a block a wall, wall or putting up a timber fence, mm. if you want to put in, say, a wall of laurel or Portuguese mm. laurel or grisolini or whatever, they're, they're available as large plants. So they come from literally six foot, you can purchase them at four foot, three foot, right down to the small yeah. general plants that you use. And I suppose what you're buying is time. Yes. They've been grown in yeah. the nursery for the last six or seven years and they're ready to go. So they're available in garden centres at the moment and it's also a great time. You can plant them because they've been grown in troughs in large tubs. So it's just a matter of digging out the trench, putting in some compost and some fertiliser and literally putting the plant in. You've got yourself an instant hedge overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So they are available. Yeah, they are. Perfect.
perfect. Um, can grass get fungal infection? It sure can. Can it? Absolutely. It, um, grass, you can get a, a disease called fusarium patch on grass. There's different diseases. Like any plant, grass is a plant at the end of the day. And, suppose, of course, and it yeah. can suffer from diseases. Now, to be honest, most diseases of grass are generally associated in the summertime, in the warmer temperatures. That's right. not to say you can't get any now. Mm. But if, if the listener has bare patches, I would first of all rule out leather jacket damage or any any chafter grub, any of the kind of grub, soil-borne pests. It's more likely to be that at this time of year. And I think I've mentioned a number of times in the programme, if you if you wanted to look for that, the simplest thing is to put a bit of sudsy water down onto the area, a liquid, washing up liquid mixed with warm water, throw it onto the area and you'll see them coming up to the surface. Yeah. You'll also notice that birds are picking on the area. Um, but and So if, if it's that, you need to treat and get rid of that um, and use something like Trigger to, to get rid of that or clinch either the two products are mm. quite good um, and reseed reseed okay. the area and again it's super time to put down lawn seed Please. if you're sowing new, new lawns or just patching an area this sort of weather germination will happen within two weeks perfect okay we, we are going to take a quick break um, we still have lots more to come so stay with us you're very welcome back. Now, Pork, we have a number of questions regarding relating to slugs, but I have to say we have um, one text from a listener who puts it really, really well. So I'm going to read this for a yeah, bottom for you, if I may. Pork, my heart is broken with the slugs. At this stage, I feel they're trying to push me over the edge. The books with the house on the back have taken over the apple trees. They're up to the top tip of the tree and they're stuck on the leaves. Help! Oh she shouts, God. or he shouts. My neighbours are giving me sympathetic smiles watching me using bad language as I walk around the trees. Oh, <laughs> how are we going to get rid of these particular slugs? Well, you could always pick the slugs and, and drop them over the, oh, the neighbour's wall. No, Would no, that no, be no, a no. solution to it? <laughs> I don't know if that's the preferred solution. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, look, at the with, with the weather we're having, this sort of clammy moist weather particularly tomorrow um, slugs are just loving it they're feeding all day right. long they generally feed at night time they're nocturnal but of course when you get kind of high levels of rainfall they're out all day long and particularly smaller like I wouldn't worry about your apple trees an odd slug or snail on, on an apple tree is not going to cause any any serious mm. damage to it what somebody else has a problem with hostas now so I yeah, imagine well, they're getting well, well that's it and hostas are just coming through mm. the soil at the moment so they're very vulnerable or vegetable plants or seedlings or bedding plants anything kind of small that if the feed for for a night on is going to damage them severely. So larger trees and shrubs and those, those sort of more um, robust plants, slugs and snails, of course they eat some of the leaves, but they're not actually going to do any, any harm to them as such. Mm. So protect the smaller plants. And you've got a number of options. If you want something um, organic, you can use, there's a, a treatment made by Neerdorf, which is a, a slug pellet. It's made from iron and phosphate. And it's very safe to use. So they're natural occurring minerals in the soil, but they're harmful to, to snails and slugs. And it's a pellet like the traditional pellet. You simply shake it around the base of the plants. It's fully organic. It's, uh, it kills the slug. And it's interesting in that when the slug eats the actual slug go pellet, that's what it's called, slug go, they actually burrow into the soil and disappear. So you won't find them lying around the surface of the soil. Um, birds, if they eat them, are, are they're perfectly safe. So that's one to look for if you want an organic treatment. Um, you could also use, and it's also quite good, that slow go is quite good if you're particularly on edible crops, mm -hmm. like vegetable plants or whatever. If you've got kind of traditional plants like hostas, the best treatment I find is the slug liquid. You mix it in water, apply it on a dry day, and again, it works. It's invisible 
so you can literally put it onto the foliage of the plant once the slug comes in contact it kills it off as well a good tip though if you've got containers say you've got a nice um, terracotta pot or glazed pot full of nice bedding plants mm. a simple tip for slugs is to get a little bit of WD-40 you know the oh, oil yeah, spray yeah, yeah. spray that on the surface of the pot and the, the slugs dislike the feel of the oil right. on their bodies and they'll not go up it not pass it I'm going to try that. Try that. <laughs> Let me know how you get on. So for pots and containers or window boxes and you might have slugs, just spray the front of the box or around the edge of the box with a little bit of WD-40. Yeah, because I had, I have some pots out. Don't uh, spray it on your plants. No, now, I won't put it on the plants. But, um, and I am, I'm trying, because I know that I have loads of slugs in the garden and I put out some, just the pellets, just to keep them at bay. Mm. Um, but I'm not sure. The well, organic pellets, of course. Oh, of course, oh, of course yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what they are. They're just pellets, but uh, I I think they are working. But I, you know, you have to go out every few days or whatever and do, and it. do it. So this sounds like it yeah, might be. Try a, the WD forty. And I have WD forty on though. on glaze pots, terracotta window boxes, that type of thing. The the kind of oil and base. Where they have to climb up it. Exactly. Right. The oil they dislike on their bodies and they'll avoid. And or copper, anything with copper in it, even copper wire, anything with copper, slugs won't cross copper oh. either because again, it, it the electricity and copper actually affects the metallic effect affects the slug itself okay copper of course is expensive though so that yeah, might be, yeah. might be a, okay. a, a so stick to the organic yeah. slug go is the organic one and for your hostess then I, I would use the the slug liquid you'll find very effective okay now a listener has eve good morning has a wedding in early september and wondering what flowers could she set well the great thing about september is that many of the summer flowering plants are still in full bloom i mean you know that's the end of august mm. early september so all the bedding plants that that you would traditionally plant in the garden plants like fuchsias hydrangeas chrysanthemums lilies the the white lily will still be in bloom you know any of the summer lavateria the mallow will be in full bloom at that time of year september is actually a real easy time to get color in the garden now what i would generally recommend and certainly many of those plants you can plant at this time of year mm. but it's often a good idea maybe two weeks before the wedding to come in and, and plant, get a selection of plants that are just coming into flower at that stage. But you can take it that all of the summer bedding plants, the begonias, the geraniums, the busy lizzies, trailing petunias, your hanging baskets will be looking brilliant early September, right up to the, right into October. So September is a really easy time to get colour in the garden. And you can take it that any summer flowering plant, unless we get a disastrous summer altogether, yeah. but all your hydrangeas, all the summer flowering roses, for example, will be in full bloom mm. in September. Um, so any of the summer flowering plants will be giving tremendous colour right through August, right through September, well into until we get the first hard frost. So maybe plant some of those plants now yeah. and then think about maybe mid-August popping back into the garden centre and getting some plants like chrysanthemums that are just coming into flower, that you're just getting them before their peak and you're guaranteed that the show is going to be good for first of September. Sounds lovely. Now, a glass house listener has a glass house okay. and they have some tomatoes and courgettes in it. Oh, great. What else can they put in it? Well, this well, you could you could grow some of the sweet potatoes if you want a little bit of a challenge. Uh, chilies, this is the time of year to plant chilies. Uh, peppers can be planted. The mm -hmm. grafted cucumbers, which are very, very easy to grow, they can all, all be planted at this time of year. It depends on the size and the space you have. I would do up my hanging basket now and stick it in the in the greenhouse for a couple of weeks and bring it bring on it that on. little bit earlier. Nice. Uh, window boxes, all of that can be planted up. But certainly in the edible strawberries, great to put into your into your greenhouse now and that'll bring them on into flower and into fruiting a lot earlier than having them outside. And also use the greenhouse for sowing some seed 
we often forget that um, you know the thing that sowing seed is kind of a March task mm. but we've got the perfect temperatures at the moment for sowing all seed of all plants so if you wanted to grow say some lupins for flowering next year this is a great time to sow the seed of them if you wanted even some bedding plants to sow if you plant marigold seed or um, you know pansy seed mm. or viola seed they will still flower this summer so the temperatures at the moment are perfect for sowing seeds in greenhouses in tunnels even out in the garden soil once you get over kind of 12, 15 degrees temperatures, it's Your absolutely way. perfect for sowing seed. Same applies to lawn seed or any seed, turnip seed or vegetable seed. The, the sowing conditions are ideal. The temperatures are perfect. The moisture levels are ideal. But particularly in a greenhouse, it's the perfect environment for sowing some seeds of edible plants and flowering plants for planting out, say, in three or four weeks' time with a view to cropping them, you know, July, August, September yeah. or the flowering at, at that yeah. period as well. Great. So use the greenhouse for those sort of, but for all those sort of tasks. But in particular for growing fruiting plants like strawberries, cucumbers, um, melons, um, chilies, peppers, all of those should be going into your greenhouse now. Now we mentioned slugs fairly <coughs> extensively. Somebody else has a difficulty with white grubs, vine weevils. Uh, they have them in their planting pots in the compost, and they're wondering what do they need to do? Do they have to put in new compost? Yeah, well, vine weevil first of all are they are the white grubs mm. or the young, the larvae of, of the vine weevil, and they are very destructive, particularly on plants. They love plants like fuchsias, hostas, astilbe, and particularly in a pot, they've got the plant contained, so they can eat away and and, and do a lot of damage on on plant. So if the plant is already growing in a pot, mm -hmm. then use the um, supernemos to eradicate the larvae of vine weevils. So you simply get a pack of supernemos, mix it up in water, put it on as a drench onto the compost and that will kill the existing larvae that are there. If it's a, a pot that has old compost in it and you've come across the larvae, then just dump out the compost into the garden. The, the birds will feed on the vine weevil, as soon as they see them on the surface of the soil, they'll come down and start picking them and put in some fresh compost into that area. So if it's if it's an existing fuchsia or a, or a hydrangea or something you've grown in a pot and vine weevil are attacking it, then use the super nemos and that'll eradicate them. And we're going to stay with one more creepy crawly for the moment. Uh, green caterpillar is also causing uh, a bit of damage on gooseberries. Lots of fruit this year on yeah. gooseberries, but the leaves seem to be eaten. Well, gooseberries are covered in fruit at the moment. They're right. absolutely loaded with fruit. And and I see apple trees are really flowering very well this year. It's going to be a great fruiting year. Um, so what, what the listener has there, they're describing it perfectly, is gooseberry sawfly. It's a small caterpillar mm. that feeds on the foliage exclusively of gooseberries and um, to, you, you can use any caterpillar spray on them um, so I would use something like PY spray or um, anything with pyrethrum in it so PY spray is, is very good because it won't damage the fruit you simply spray it onto the foliage it'll kill the caterpillars and the caterpillars have the effect of in, in gooseberries of completely denuding the tree of oh, leaves right. so all you're left is bare stems and fruit, and fruit. hanging from the tree okay. now it doesn't do any, uh, you know, it, it sets the plant back, certainly. Yeah. But it, 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 the plant will be fine next year again. But as a preventative, if you use the PY spray at this time of year on gooseberries or blackcurrants, it'll eradicate uh, caterpillars and aphids that will be attacking those plants. People should look out, say, on blackcurrants. You'll notice if you've got aphids, there'll be little bubbles 
like blisters on the top of the leaves of your black currants or red currants or white currants and that's a sign that you've got aphids feeding underneath. So something like the PY spray is very safe to use on all fruiting plants or you can use something like bulk clear yeah. for fruit and veg which again is very safe to use for, for vegetable plants. And look at it, it's just this time of year that They're all out. Well, well the weather has been great. Mm. Um, I mean you, I was driving down from Dublin yesterday and the amount of bugs on the windscreen and it's, there's just been an explosion of, of insect life because of the, the kind of temperatures we've been having over the last two or three weeks. And, and last year being so warm, um, you know, the, the insects did very, yeah. very well. So you do, that's just nature at its best, you know. So. Okay, so we'll just have to battle on as the first. Ah, yeah. 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 Uh, a listener has a lot of vegetable plants planted now, but they'd like to sow some fresh vegetable seeds um, so that they could use them in July, August time. Okay, so they're thinking ahead and that's mm. a good idea. And, and we always recommend that, that you plant some plants and sow seed at the same time. Look at, you can sow seed of all the vegetable plants. You, you know, lettuce, onions, radish, uh, Swiss chard can be sown from seed now. Peas and beans can be sown from seed. Uh, all the cabbage family varieties, particularly the Savoy cabbages that are very good for autumn use and, and winter use can be sown at this time of year. Uh, green broccoli, purple sprouting broccoli could be sown at this time of year. Cauliflower can still be sown. Carrots. So literally, I don't think there's any vegetable seed that you cannot still sow at this time of year. And it's with a view to cropping them then in July, August, September into the autumn period. And you can sow most vegetables seed right up until the end of June right. early July you can still continue to sow seed. Seed of herbs as well it could be sown parsley at this time of year most of the of the herb seeds can be so it's a really good time and, the, and as I said earlier the temperatures are ideal like it's it's so easy at the moment right. you chuck seed on the ground it's going it to grow. grow. Yeah. Um, a listener Jen good morning has found a couple of packets of seed potatoes in the greenhouse now the buds are short and green she's wondering is it okay to so plant them? they've been forgotten them? They're being for purchased probably back in February. And yes, with good intentions. Yeah, and look yeah. at yes, you can. You can still plant those. And um, the fact that the the green buds are on it, that's great. They're alive, and and as long as to make sure that the tubers are reasonably solid and firm, the new growth on them, that's great. And um, so you can plant them up into pots and containers and grow them in the greenhouse if you want for an early crop, or plants plant some of them outdoors as well, maybe for so that you get the crop cropping over two periods. But yes, if you've got potatoes lying around, get them into the ground. They'll still grow, and you'll get a crop probably depending on the variety but towards late August early September I would expect those to start yielding Great now a listener is wondering when can they prune wisteria it flowers beautifully each May it's 24 years right, old yeah. and covered in flowers each summer well, It's a great plant Well done because a lot of wisteria uh, and one in our own garden came a cropper as a result of the, those awful winters a couple of years back um, and yeah. was obliterated we thought it was completely gone but we noticed that it's actually starting starting to, to reshoot, reshoot yeah, yeah they'll the do that yeah. yeah they have the ability um, to do that but yeah, this one great. obviously survived uh, all yeah. of that so so the, the time to prune them is after flowering so you're going to prune them back around the middle of June is really the great, the right time to, to cut them back and what you're pruning back is all the whippy growth it makes as you know wisteria produces these long stems of whippy growth yeah, just three, yeah, three to four feet in, in length so just cut those back by about two thirds so leave it till about the middle of June yep. cut them back then give it a, a dressing of rose fertiliser That'll build it up for the following year and um, it should look amazing again the following May. They're going to be coming into flower now very, very, very soon.
Great stuff. Um, Karen um, has a lot of shrubs in her garden with about five or six large gaps. Any suggestions on what to plant now to fill in quickly? And flowering plants would be ideal. Well, I would I would stick to the um, herbaceous perennials, plants like delphiniums, foxgloves, lupins. Um, you know, any of those plants, the arum lilies, the white arum lily would be lovely at this time. The salvia, which comes in pink and blue. It's a really nice plant. Alstroemeria, which again are just coming into flower at the moment. So look for out in the in the local garden centre for perennial flowering plants. They're the old cottage garden plants. Mm. Plant them in clusters and they're great for filling gaps in, in existing shrub borders. Now you can also plant um, shrubs as well. I, when I was with um, Viv, I was showing them actually during the week, uh, a lovely new hydrangea, one called Annabelle. Oh, yeah. That's a, it's a good variety to look for because it, it actually flowers, like the fuchsia, it flowers on this year's growth. Oh. And it produces white flowers about the size of a dinner plate. Big, huge, massive white flowers. I'll bring it in next week. I'll bring a plant of it in next yeah. week. Um, but it's a great filler. If you wanted a plant to really fill up an area, and it is a hydrangea, it flowers on new growth. So it's different to the traditional hydrangea that flowers on last, last year's, year's growth. growth yeah. uh, so it's the type of hydrangea that at the end of the summer, all you simply do is cut it back to ground level. Like a rose bush. Right, so it acts more like... Uh, like, like a, a rose bush. Like a regular plant rather than a hydrangea. It's well, you could put it that. That's a nice way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's simpler because you don't yeah. have to be worrying about, well, how do I cut it back? Right. Because you literally cut it back to ground level. Right. It regrows again during the spring and it flowers, then it comes into flower about the end of June and flowers right through September into October. So that's a variety called Annabelle. It, when you purchase the plants, they're about two feet in height already and it will come into flower and literally the flowers are the size of a dinner plate. They're absolutely massive. Uh, beautiful white colour. Um, very, very easy variety to grow. And when it goes out of flower in the autumn or early winter, you just simply cut it to ground level and it reshoots again. It's a real simple plant to grow and a great filler one to, to fill. Okay. The other plant I noticed that's lovely at the moment is um, the Chinese lantern, crinodendrons. Mm -hmm. And a good time to plant those. The flower, flowers like a fuchsia flower at this time of year and a great filler as well. So okay. they're there. But for me, the, the, I think the cottage garden perennials would be a good choice. Okay, great stuff. Well, Karen, a couple of options there for you. We'll have to leave it there for today, Boric, okay. I'm afraid. Um, but well, you have the weekend on. With the free clinic today, I'll be in the garden centre from 12 to 5 with Peter and Wraith, uh, and again tomorrow from 12 to 5. And so if people want to drop in and get any of their questions answered or if they have any problems in the garden, bring them in. And remember, we have the hanging basket display today in Turlock at 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock. So do come along. Great stuff. Busy weekend in store. That's it from the gardening programme. We're back again next Saturday. Uh, I'll be with you from 7 onwards and we're gardening again from nine standby news on the way next with Angelina Nugent and then we're handing over to Michael Neary.